everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of the Pass First Podcast. My name's Hugh, and I'm here with co-host Max. We're back. Apparently, this is Season 2. And David? We are back. A little bit late, but better than ever. We wanted to take some time, get a feel for the league, get get ourselves ready to go, and share some takes about this strange 2020, but mostly 2021 NBA season. Listen, That's we right, only dude. we oh, only oh, have right. good takes on this on this podcast. We just needed some time to just polish them up a little bit. As you can tell, we need we also need some polishing. We've we've been off the air for a little bit, but we're back. The NBA is back, and we're all picking it back up. It gets a little weird when you first start. The Cavs start winning games. Max and David start interrupting each other. Now <laughs> these sort of things happen when you have to start something over again. Yeah. But then you get back into the rhythm, and the Bucks start winning games again, and everything returns back to normal. And we're dropping flawless videos once again. We had an abbreviated off season. It happens. We're going to work ourselves into mid season form. And starting with that, we each have, we've prepared three storylines that we want to talk about, or three topics that have intrigued us in these first couple weeks of the season. It's a strange season this year. They have a new play-in tournament to decide who makes the playoffs, kind of borrowed from last year's miniature version of one. And then, uh, and, and also, they've only scheduled the first half of the season, so we're going to see what happens with that. They're going to start canceling games because of COVID, because it's starting to spread already through the league since they're not in a bubble. And even if they don't cancel games, there's going to be players out, players missing. I also think they're going to have, I believe they have limited practices now, just less in general. I don't know if it's a rule, but because of COVID, you know, uh, they have these these overnight back-to-backs. People are staying in hotels. They can't go anywhere. It's a weird season. So we're going to talk about the things that have stood out to us. Yes, we are. And we're going to get back into our regular season form. Right now, we're kind of like fat James Harden, but... <laughs> As we continue our talking, we'll look like mid-season James Harden, and it'll be great. David's actually live from a casino podcasting right now. How's the encore, David? David, how are those, how are those lemon pepper wings? Uh, they were really, really tasty. Uh, you know, me and James over here, uh, you know, we were digging into them. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always great to go out and just not see a single mask in sight. <laughs> That's true. That's true. David's got a new thing where each week he's going to be going to a different casino or strip club and giving us a review. So He's actually going to be our own paparazzi um, right after, you know, we blew our chance to get media credentials to get into the bubble. But uh, we think if we go the paparazzi route and we start to try to bust players for breaking their quarantine, we can get onto that national scale that we've been looking for. So that's kind of our plan. Right now, David is somewhere with a camera looking to find... Uh, rogue Miami clubbers. All right, well, we're going to move forward, and I'm going to talk about the first newest, best, and brightest thing to happen to the NBA, and that is the new rookie class. People were down on this class. They said, oh, there's no great talent. The Warriors should trade their pick. The Timberwolves should trade their pick. The Hornets should trade their pick. No, Nobody really wanted these guys. There was no coveted Zion or Luka or... Anything of that sort, even a Ben Simmons, not, nothing like that. It was kind of who are they going to settle for? But so far, I think the top three picks at least have looked really good, and some of the other lottery has stood out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. introduce some players, and I want you guys to say good, bad, you know, uh, high potential. Are they, are they already at their ceiling? What's, what's your quick take on them? So, it's a lot of options, but yeah. we'll do it. First, I'm going to pick who I think is my leader for Rookie of the Year, LaMelo Ball. Oh God! Oh God! Come on! I'm, I'm I mean it, Max. What do you think? You're you're serious that he's your leader for Rookie of the Year? He's 
statistically not my leader, but he's my prediction. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. we're right back into it. Uh, James Harden is losing weight before our eyes. Um, let's see. David, how do we want to attack this? Um, LaMelo Ball is fine. He's a decent player. But, I mean, it's hard to say this. He's still the third best point guard on the Charlotte Hornets. So, you know, I don't think you can win Rookie of the Year that way. Like, I don't know who he's going to start playing over all of a sudden. And, you know, he's had a handful of, of stinkers. He outplayed his brother in their last game, which was cool. But other than that, you know, he's had a handful of scoreless games and pretty brutal plus-minus games. For the record. But, uh, you know, he's had the highlights. So Charlotte's cool. up 59-50 to 50 at the half right now. LaMelo Ball's 4-for-4 four four from the field, 1-for-1 one one from 3 with 4 rebounds, 7 assists. Yeah, well, drop I mean, it's it's really hard to win. Sorry. Oh, he's on he's on that modest triple double watch. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's currently got the triple single, but I mean, I think it's kind of hard to win rookie of the year if you're coming off the bench. Um, you know, I to be fair, you know, Max mentioned it. He is a lot better than his brother was his rookie year. You know, he's actually showing some signs of being a valuable NBA player, but I don't think he's anywhere close to the other, you know, rookies in this class. Um, you know, he has some things that will get him on Sports Center, and of course, because he's a ball brother, he'll get there. But yeah, I don't know where you're coming from, Hugh, on this take. This is a, you know, I mean, it's pretty on par for you, but uh, I, I honestly. It's really hard to justify a rookie of the year candidate. Lamelo's balling. All right. Well, we'll move on to our next pick uh, or oh. the next player, <laughs> James Wiseman. Yeah, get out of there real quick, Hugh, because you you ran <laughs> you ran out of a defense pretty fast. No, I could keep defending ball, but we get a lot of rookies to get through. All right, James That's Wiseman. True. What's the thought? Well, I have watched a lot of Warriors games. I think he is really, really like. I think. What you what he's delivering right now is kind of just you know as Paul Pierce would say you know just the taste you know you know he wants to get the whole load of uh, James Wiseman but uh, like what uh, I, I what I see in him is someone who could probably you know obviously he has Draymond as a mentor I think he could really turn into a defensive minded player and on the offensive side like he's you know phenomenal phenomenal handles like. Pretty good post work. I think, you know, if he develops an outside shot, like, he he looks he looks like a better version of what DeAndre Ayton was kind of promised to be. You know, someone who could get you, you know, a double-double, but on the offensive side could do a whole lot more. Now, is he as imposing as Ayton, though? Because I think Ayton has a little bit of a, like a, yeah, he's an imposition. He can, he can get in the way. And while his defense was really bad when he started, it's, it's rounded out. Is, do you see that with, with Wiseman? Or is Wiseman more of like a plug him in and uh, see what he does, kind of stretch more? Yeah, I, I think the way the Warriors run, they always like their stretch bigs. They always like very athletic um, guys that can, you know, sometimes extend to the perimeter if, you know, they get switched onto a guard, um, which, I mean, he's shown pretty good signs that, like, he could develop. And obviously he's going to have Draymond screaming – you know, screaming out at him from the uh, from the bench, so that will you know work to his favor. But um, yeah, no, I think he's less of like a brute force big man and more of a like you know 
very he's almost like um he's almost like if a wing was six eleven or seven foot, you know, because yeah. like he does have you know he you know there's a bunch of highlights of him going cr- you know from one end of the court to the other and you know dunking the ball so. He does have signs that he could, you know, be that. Obviously, they're not going to, you know, start running the ball, you know, having having him bring up the ball in the court. But um, I think, you know, his upside, his potential is, like, very, very high. And what we've seen already is really, really good. Max? He is exactly what everyone thought Mo Bamba was going to be. Ooh. He, you know, he's a he's an Is he going to get his own Sheck West song? I hope so, because we, dumb college students need something to dance to. Sheck nah, uh, West is out. Is he? What happened to him? Never mind. Um, yeah, no, Wiseman's cool. I mean, he's out there and you notice him. He's always doing things. He hasn't really had a brutal game yet. Um, if he, you know, if he's only scoring in like, like nine or ten points, he's usually doing something on defense or getting a lot of rebounds. So, especially on this Warriors team, which he seems to be a perfect fit on. I think he's the front runner for rookie of the year because he definitely has like, he's already what the second best player on the Warriors at this point. And if they're any good this year, I think he'll get a lot of the credit for it. And he's getting a lot of crunch time minutes already. And he just looks very natural out there. He doesn't look like a rookie. So, you know, he's been impressive so far. Yeah. So, he definitely does have also just Kid Leroy, Trippy Red, Pete Davidson, any relevant, you know, rappers for that Gen Z represent. Um Did you yeah, say if, Pete if, Davidson as a rapper? Yeah, because yeah, he made that SNL sketch. It was a joke. Um yeah. if you want to make a song about the boy, Wiseman, drop that. I'll stream it. Um we'll put it in the show. But either way, um New in- new intro music? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, if Kid Leroy makes a Wiseman song. That's in. That's in. We'll be all over TikTok. Um, but not important. What's important is James Wiseman has the usage and he has the position. Like he, he's getting starting roles. He's getting crunch time minutes. All the stuff you're saying. So that definitely helps his case for Rookie of the Year. But I'm just not seeing the numbers, and they like numbers for Rookie of the Year. He's not. He's not stuffing the stat sheet the way that the the voters want him to. If Lamelo <laughs> could just, Lamello ball we are is. we are one. We are one Terry Rozier injury from Lamelo Ball getting. Yeah, it's over. It's over. It's a wrap. See ya, Rookie of the Year. Sign him up. But I mean, Devonte Graham has been brutal, so it's not out of the question that true. they could they could flip Graham to their six man and start. Lamelo with Terry, uh, but it, uh, it comes down yeah. to if they think they can make the play in or the playoffs, then is it like then maybe it's worth it. If not, is it worth destroying Graham's confidence by having Lamelo Ball start over him? Yeah, yeah, because Graham last year was just like, oh, this is like their new best player. He could be an All Star kind of. He's the the new Kemba Walker, and if Lamelo Ball just comes in. And demotes him to third point guard on the Hornets. That'll really give him a hit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think if the Hornets, like the Hornets are, I mean, the thing is though, is is Lamelo doesn't play that good of a defense. You know, he doesn't really play the other side of the ball too too well. So I think like he's probably going to stay on the bench. Though I do think the on the offensive side, you know, having Terry Rozier play next to him, I think Terry's more of a two guard anyways. So um, I think, you know, they would, re- you know, they would have some really good chemistry together. But I think, you know, just on the defensive end, um, 
you know, I, I feel like he's just not ready. And wow, like we're, I like how we're we're trying to talk about James Wiseman, but like Lamelo just sneaks his way into the conversation. I had to bring. Well, that's up. what happens when Hugh is your host. But the new Splash Brothers will they'll get there. Graham just has to get out of the way. Now we've worked our way up three two, and now the number one pick, Anthony Edwards. What are our thoughts? He's pretty good. I mean, he's not a bust yet. He's a scorer. I mean, yeah. I mean, they were saying that he was his his problems were his shot selection and his effort. And so far I haven't seen any, I've only watched one full game with him. And I, in terms of box scores and stuff, he hasn't had any games that it's just like, Oh my God, he missed like 10 shots. He hasn't had any of those like, you know, concerning games yet. Um, He's also not starting for some reason, but I think that won't last very long. And yeah. he seems really good. Watching him, he look he reminds me a lot of like a bigger Victor Oladipo. Uh, he's super athletic. He knows what he's doing out there, and you know, I think he's. I can see why he went number one, because there were so many question marks around Wiseman and Lamelo because of you know college and readiness, and you know, do you want a point guard that can't shoot or a big man with your top? Pick, would you rather have this combo guard forward who's like a dynamic athlete? And I can see why he went number one. So good for him. I don't think he's out of the rookie of the year picture either. He's had a pretty good start in like nine or 10 games. Yeah, no, I mean, most people are picking him as the favorite. I think Minnesota finally got the Andrew Wiggins that they were promised in this guy. Cause like, you know, from what he's shown so far, like, I I mean, granted, I've only, you know, like Max, I haven't really watched too much of him. But um, in, in the limited time I have been watching him, he seems pretty, like, competent on the court. Like, he seems very, you know, NBA-ready, um, you know, especially in, you know, his, the, like, the way he attacks the basket. Like, I, I there was a couple drafts that he had that were, like, you know, maybe it's just his athletic explosiveness, but... I, you know, he showed signs of like, you know, what people were looking for in Andrew Wiggins, you know, and they very similar players between the two of them. But um, yeah, no, I, I think, I think he definitely, I think it probably will be a tight race for rookie of the year. And I think he, him and Wiseman will probably come down, you know, as the front runners, but um, yeah, no, I'm very excited with this, um, this rookie class. I mean, also like, what can you say? The guy can apparently play any sport always helps pat Connaughton style i didn't i actually didn't know that did he play uh did he play he's a football sport? player really? uh, well did you see did you see that interview that he had like it was some like minnesota pr you know it's like the amanda flu grad of the minnesota timberwolves mm-hmm. and um he basically was just like you know any sport i can play it. lacrosse i can play it. hockey i can play it. i'm a1 you know Okay. <laughs> he also said he enjoys watching football more than basketball. No comment. Which, yeah, which was also part of his concern, I, I guess. I, I, I don't know. He's starting to win me over. But uh, he was a football player. He said that I think he could have played at Georgia as well. Ah, uh, right? see, that's that's bold because Georgia's top ten program in the country every year. If if he could have played at Georgia, I don't know. Maybe he should have played at Georgia. But hey, number one pick. Gotta love it. Yeah. Um, the other thing, just Tyler looking Murray at the Timberwolves. the NBA, you know? Yeah. The Timberwolves could have had three number one picks. They trade away Wiggins. 
They could have had Edwards, um, Wiggins, and Towns. Those were all number one picks, yeah? Yeah. I'm not crazy. So I just think about how many times there have been three number one picks on a team. And the answer is, like, I can't think of any outside of the Showtime Lakers who had Worthy, Kareem, and Magic. And it's like, how, how do you go so wrong that that one team or one team goes so right and then one team goes so wrong? It's fascinating to me how important it is to draft well, especially at the number one pick. Yeah. The Sixers well, I mean, had three number one picks on their team like two years ago. Embiid wasn't, was he? No, they had Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, and like Elton Brand. Oh, okay, okay. That's because I was I knew the the Fultz and, and Simmons, and yeah, yeah. That's... The caveat to that is that like Elton Brand was forty years old. But, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No. Um... I think, I mean, well, I think in that case, I think the only misstep was uh, Wiggins in that, you know, drafting three, you know, three first rounders. I mean, or three first overalls. Um, because, you know, I mean, Cat has definitely proved himself as a, you know, top level NBA talent. I just think, you know, that they kind of, I mean, here's the thing, too, is like, we'll get into it later, but, you know, Andrew Wiggins is, you know, looking pretty solid this season, you know? Some people are uh, you finally moving to uh, Wiggins Island. It is nice yeah. when you have uh, Kelly Oubre playing next to you to uh, really try to... Yeah, you look a lot better. <laughs> but yeah, uh, <laughs> let's get through these rookies. So fourth, uh, we got to talk about a little further down the, the the draft. I don't know what number he ended up exactly. Seventh or so, right? Tyrese Halliburton? No, he was like 10 or 12. Jeez, okay. Well, well it was a big storyline that the Pistons passed on him for... Killian Hayes at seven and then yeah. everyone after that in between was pretty set on who they were taking already that's when like Avdia and yep uh, some of these and like Cole Anthony some of these other guys were going so two guys who look pretty solid so far yeah I like Denny yeah uh, even though he didn't he's pretty brutal on defense but on offense he gives off like some Gallinari, but he can dribble vibes. Uh, he's a cool passer. He's just very smart on offense, but he does not know how to play D yet. But he has the body, too. All right, and then, so, but the guy we're talking about takes on Halliburton. Love Could him. he be Rookie of the Year? Yes. I think a lot of people would have him higher than LaMelo right now. Give it time, give it time. Um, Halliburton definitely possesses the it's kind of like Wiseman where he feels like he's already he's not out of his league at all he feels comfortable on the court has that kind of presence um, his his draft day comparison was Malcolm Brogdon and it makes a ton of sense there's because so, some players like you have smart guys yeah exactly some players you have a, a lot of uh, raw talent and not, also Brogdon rookie of the year winner um, but sometimes you have just a lot of talent raw talent doing stuff kind of like Zion last year where he was just making stuff happen but he did not look comfortable on the court on an at least an NBA level um with that court presence vision whatever Taliburn's like the opposite where he's knows exactly how to fill his role whatever that is whatever the Kings want it to be that day and you know make something happen there always contribute yeah it's like those sort of players that aren't necessarily freak athletes but are very efficient or just have played at a high level for a longer time like luca or someone mm -hmm. um, just tend to be a safer pick 
and you could tell he was going to contribute right away, even though he kind of looks like Reggie Miller out there. He's very thin. Yeah, but... yeah. Did yeah, he's cool. only he's only he's six five, and he's only one hundred and eighty five pounds. It doesn't seem to really affect him that much, though, which is cool. I mean, like, his playing speed, style I'm is sure. not very physical, you know. Yeah, he has a weird looking jump shot too, but it's it goes in. And then now to the rookie of the year front runner, uh, Eight Mile P Rabbit. David has some other weird name. I'm not going to say for him. Peyton Pritchard, thoughts? Making every white boy who dribbled a lot in his driveway very, very proud. You can do it, white kids. He looks he looks like he punched holes in his wall as a kid. Like, if his name was Kyle Pritchard, I'd have believed it. Yeah. But, you know, he's, everyone seems to like him. So, I, it's just... He's, he's like... If if Grayson Allen is like the the evil one, Peyton Pritchard is like the good one. Well, Grayson Allen seems like yeah, Gr- Grayson Allen seems like he you know punched his butler growing up when he was angry, versus yeah, Pritchard. Sure. Pritchard seems like he like yeah put his third hole in the drywall and his parents couldn't afford to patch it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like hey Peyton, can I go to your house? Nah, nah, you don't want to see my house. Let's go to your place. All right, cool. You know what? I'll skateboard over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, David, you like you like our boy? I do, I do. Yeah, no, you you guys kind of nailed the the comparisons because, like, I mean, he doesn't. It's so strange because, like, you look at him; he's relatively short. You know, like, you know, he's not super super athletic. So it seems it seems weird that like we would draft someone like him. Like in a league where, you know, on the Celtics, like we, you know, kind of pride ourselves in our athletic players, you know, guys like Jalen Brown, Robert Williams, Jason Tatum, you know, super freak athletes. And, but I mean, from what I've seen, I've seen nothing but, you know, good things. Like they, you know, Marcus Smart raves about him in practice. Um, Jalen Brown and Tristan Thompson keep roasting him on Instagram. But, um, but yeah, no, it seems like he gets along really well with this team. And I mean, like we're very lacking in the guard, you know, guard position without Kemba, and he's doing a great job being a um, I guess it would be a backup. I mean, I'm not sure where he would fit like either second or third string behind Teague or, and or Smart. But um but yeah, no. I mean, he just has like a lot of energy. Like I think that's something, you know, if you go back a couple of years, like that's what Marcus Smart started off doing off the bench was he would just be, you know, you'd bring him in, he would hound the, you know, hound the guy bringing up the ball, and you know, give you a somewhat reliable show on offense. You know, I, I would say in Pritchard's case, a much more reliable show of offense. Though he does, you know, go down the smart path of very deep, unnecessary early in the shot clock three pointers. But, but he makes them, David. That's the difference. That's why yeah. we're not mad at him yet. I know, guy shooting forty three percent from the uh, from three. So like you know, you can't really be mad at it. So yeah, no, I think I think he him along with Halliburton are going to be the labeled as the steals of the draft. Um, though I think you know Pritchard obviously to a much greater extent being picked at twenty six. Dare but, I say um, it? Rem- very reminiscent of like a like an East Coast Kyle Kuzma. It's like what if Kuzma was drafted to like a. A, a franchise that wasn't taking Lonzo Ball at number two in the same draft, 
and got mentored by legitimately good young guys and not uh, Brandon Ingram, who LeBron was rated kick out the door. And, you know, got a, got a good development. Very similar. Kuzma, was, wasn't he kind of old when he got drafted? He got drafted when, like, the second round? Um, no, same. I think he was the same pick. I'm pretty sure he was, like, 26 or 28. It's like, I think this is, it's the Kuzma case, but it's going the, we're, we're doing it right, you know? Well, yeah, because Pritchard's much more likable than Kuzma. Yeah. And yeah. Just yeah. Go, I don't know, LA, I think, I think LA had an effect. And also, Kuzma got, you know, uh, trolled by his teammates too, so. That's the crazy, I saw Dan Greenberg, who's the Barstool correspondent for the Celtics, he tweeted the other day, we gotta get, uh. Jeff Teague out of there and put in a more steady hand like Peyton Pritchard, <laughs> which is not something I thought I'd be saying two weeks into the season. But yeah. it's true. Jeff Teague had one good game against the Bucks, and then uh, Peyton Pritchard's been outplaying him ever since. So yeah. good for Peyton. I like him. He's Danny Ainge's first Danny Ainge that he's drafted. Oh, uh, all right. So, Max, what's your – so those are the rookies. Max, what's your storyline you want to touch on? Who do you want to roast? I wanna, well, just going off of rookies that have shown out, there are a handful of players that have made a big jump this year that I really like, and we can just fire through these really fast. Um, only one of them in the Western Conference, that's Christian Wood. Um, everyone had a bunch of hype around him, but really hadn't even watched him before. They were just you know, jumping on a bandwagon of him getting a bunch of minutes in Detroit for no reason. And it turns out he is really good. So um, he's knocking on like the all-star door already. He has a really good connection with Harden and Wall. And he's been better than expected. So good for Christian Wood. Yeah, he's been like he's been like if a, if Capella could, you know, score on his own regard. Um, you know, he's worked really well with that Harden, um, you know, that Harden pick and roll. Um, but he also, you know, the Rockets actually have an offense that works on the inside, you know? Like for once, like once in the last like what three years, they actually well, have. Works is a strong word because they're not that great, but he individually has been pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean he's. I mean, well, to be fair, I mean the last like for the longest time, their tallest guy, or at least you know their starting center was like what like PJ Tucker, Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it's interesting to see now that you know D'Antoni's gone, they're actually shifting back towards you know, and a, a no, relatively normal basketball lineup. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think, um, you know, he was the first one to contract COVID in the NBA. I think that's like, I think that was like the first time I actually, you know, heard of that guy's name. Like was, he what, it was Gobert. Like, right, right. And then like, he scored like 35 on Gobert, like the game before Gobert got, you know, quarantined. Yeah. So I think he was like next after him. Yeah, but, he was, uh, but it was kind of funny. He had his career high that night. Yeah, yeah, no, but um, I, uh, I I think it's um, you know I think it's it's good for Houston. I mean, Houston has a Houston has a lot of problems, you know. We'll but, get into uh, that later. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, definitely a good you know good candidate for MIP. Mm-hmm. Let's keep firing through that list. I like Kobe White a lot on the Chicago Bulls. He's very entertaining, and he's making the Bulls competent. Him and Levine are. I think pretty. I think he's solidified himself as the next best player on that team. He's a really good scorer, and he's been pretty consistent so far too. So Kobe White making a good intro to the season as well. 
Um, no, no, you got to remind me. Which so Kobe White, he was he the one who was surprised that his teammate got drafted so high. Yes, yeah. and the teammate was Cam Johnson. Oh, Cam Johnson, the, I get them on flipped. the Suns. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he was the one that was actually supposed to be good. Yes, Kobe White was like a freshman UNC, you know, number seven overall pick, and that's where he was supposed to go. So yeah. he's good. He had a decent last year, but he was pretty inconsistent. He was like on and off the bench, but now he's like him and Levine seems like it might actually work. Um, going off of that, staying in the Eastern Conference, Sexland, the new Ooh. backcourt in Cleveland. Well, not new, but they feel like new because last year Garland was terrible, and now suddenly he's pretty decent, and Colin Sexton is making his all-star push this year. So Sexland, the 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 new hot backcourt. Yeah, I don't understand how he can say Sexland, but I can't say Fast PP. Because it's not as cringy, David. It's simple. <laughs> oh man. Um, am I right, or am I right, Hugh? Yeah, I'm just thinking about this this new big three of you know Sexton, Garland, and Love. You know, how is it going to go down yeah. history compared to the old big three? And, well, uh, Sexland and Love. I mean, they they got something <laughs> pretty special over there. Yeah, they do. They really like each other in Cleveland. Yeah, so. they got to get Drummond out of there. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I mean, I mean, everyone kind of knew that wasn't going to work in the first place. And yeah, you know, I feel like both him and Drummond will probably be trade candidates as you go farther down the season. But at least Cleveland kind of knows like, hey, not everything's lost. Like we have some good guys here. Okoro is yeah. a good rookie, too. I got to ask about that. So Cleveland was so big on oh we got a max love now that LeBron's leaving we got a whatever why like I can't figure that one out because all it did granted it worked out you know Sexton Garland they're all pretty pretty good um but wouldn't it have been better to just be really bad and get number one picks and number two picks like what what was the reasoning behind maxing love you're asking the wrong people Hugh. <laughs> All right, uh, I, I, I will tell. I would tell you that if I was the GM, I wouldn't have done that. So, all right, I'm just making sure I wasn't missing something obvious here. That was just okay. It was weird. I don't think we are, David. Like it was stupid to keep love, right? They should have just probably let him walk or traded him a while ago. Yeah, I um, I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll just uh, he'll probably end up finishing his career there. Oh, no. I don't know. Really? I, there's... <laughs> There's not too much of a demand for him, and it's not like no one's going to, you know, Cleveland's going to be attracting any free agents anytime soon. So I can understand. It's just like, ah, oh, why not we just keep this guy around? He, you know, he knows the, he knows the building. You know, he's very familiar for the area. Why, why, why don't we just keep him? He knows the building. But if they let him go, they could have drafted, like, Zion or something. Like, what is and the... had And had more money to sign people, you know, not named, I don't know, who have they signed in free agency recently? Max, Max, oh, you're being unrealistic. Who, what free agent would be like, yes, you know who's at the top of my list right now? Cleveland. You know who would? If I'm getting double the amount of money, who Jeremy cares? Grant would. Yeah, exactly. Those kind of guys. <laughs> oh, they, they Jeremy would... Grant left the number two team in the yeah. Western Conference to Detroit. They could have won the Jeremy Grant sweepstakes, and now what do they have? Sex, land, and love. Yeah, they could have had, like, Hayward, too. They would have just had the money laying around to get someone like that. That just makes a yeah. little more sense. And Hayward's just a happier version of Kevin Love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With let's better keep... facial hair. Yeah. Let's keep going to this um, list before I get in trouble. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, just a quick one that 
Um, Markel Fultz was having a great year until he just tore his ACL. That was sad, but he looked really good. And the Magic, at some time, were the only undefeated team in the league. So Markel Fultz was looking really good. And now that he can't walk anymore, he can uh, spend a lot more time on his jump shot, and he'll come back better than ever. Yeah, it's going to be like uh, Fultz versus Morant next year for comeback or most improved or something in there. Morant's not done for the year, though. Is he not? No, he just sprained he's... his ankle. Oh, okay. I don't know. I thought it was worse <laughs> for some reason. That's my no, bad. He's like week to week, I think. All right, cool, cool. Good to hear. Um, Terry Rozier, your, your Hornet. He's looked awesome so far. Splash Him and Hay- Hayward for kind of like comeback player. Terry Rozier had, has had some massive games already. Those former Celtics down in Charlotte. I wanted to give Terry Rozier a shout out. Shout out to Luke George. Big fan. Big fan. Big fan of the podcast, too. So here we are. Uh, David's favorite requested on this list, Jalen Brown. <laughs> he's he's has to be an all-star this year. And he's looked great without Kemba Walker. Yeah, no, he is. Um, no, he's he's been you know phenomenal um, improvement. I mean, ever people are always saying you know ever since like you know I've not including that uh, season with Kyrie, he's had like a steady improvement from his rookie year all the way to where he is now, and it's it is kind of amazing to think back to like that rookie year he had with um, you know with Isaiah Thomas and gang, and the short where shorts. like yeah, the short shorts and the hat and the flat top like. Uh, it was, it was, um, it's funny to think back because like, I remember, you know, all the concerns of, you know, oh, this guy could barely bring up the ball. You know, he basically, you know, he'd be lucky if he hits the backboard, um, when he shoots and now he's like, you know, he's isolating on guys. He's, you know, his, his bag is incredible. Like I, I have not like seen a skill jump that big, like other than maybe like a guy like CJ McCollum, like you know, from one year to the next, he has been really, really good, especially alongside Tatum. Though so, um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, now that he's going to be, you know, I, I, I think like the, 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 what is it, the protocol he's currently on, because uh, he's just listed as, um, as questionable for the game tomorrow against the Heat. Um, I think it'll only la- it'll won't last as long as Tatum, you know, Tatum's uh, exit. But um, it'll be interesting to see if he's the only, you know, he's the primary option. It'll be interesting to see what he'll be doing. Yeah, I I remember back in those days being like, why is Brown starting? He's taking Olenek starting minutes. What's going on here? How are we going to contend? Did you ever say that sentence? I absolutely said that sentence. Wow, I can't wait to see you in hell. Dude, people did not believe in Brown back then, and you know we we made, we made a run to the conference championships, and Olinick was contributing. He was he was a contributor back then. Well, I always hated Kelly Olinick, but continue. Well, we can do you continue. What's your next pick? Oh, okay. If we're done with Brown, um, we'll, we'll I think well, so I think right now the front runner would be Julius Randle. Triple double machine question mark yeah he's the front runner right now but i think his stats are going to come back down to earth so he's not my no not if Thibodeau has anything to say about it he's he's looked great i mean he's you know he started in the league as kind of like you know this big guy who 
No one really knew what he was going to be able to do. He broke his leg his first season, and he was on those terrible Lakers teams. Then he went to New Orleans and showed a little bit of something-something. And now look at him. He's leading the Knicks to a winning record in the first 10 games of the season. Pretty crazy. Yeah, no, I think, you know, people have been, you know, on and off of uh, Randall Island for, you know, the better part of his career because, you know, the last couple seasons he's shown really good, you know, flashes of a really, really good player. You know, someone that big, you know, handling the ball, bringing it the full length of the court, um, being able to shoot well, being able to defend, to be able to be a playmaker. And for this season, he's kind of lived up to it under Tom Thibodeau. Um, which I, you know, I I do owe the uh, sincere apology to him um, and, and the New York Knicks organization because I have they they have had made no moves whatsoever, but have somehow improved. But um, we'll get to that in a sec. But uh, yeah, no, I think like he's easily to run away uh, candidate for most improved. Cool. And there it is. There's my list, Hugh. It's a good list. Oh, triple double watch. Uh, Lamelo's up to sixteen points, nine assists, eight rebounds in the uh, third end of the third quarter. Are they winning? Uh, yes, they're beating the Hawks because Trey Young is overrated. Uh, we'll we'll save that for another day. David, what are your what are your topics? Uh, yeah. So I think um, you know I've touched on a lot of the things I was going to talk about, but I think the number one thing that's kind of interested me about this season is the lack of the bubble and you know whether or not you know going back to it might make more sense for the league because you know players you know we're what three or four weeks into the season and you know counting back to the preseason ends you know players are now contracting the virus jason tatum just today you know tested positive and is going to be out for the next 10 to 14 days um, there's been a lot of contract chasing going on where guys... I don't think Tatum tested positive. Uh, I know he did. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, he's. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, I, You know, guys like Kevin Durant have been, you know, suspended for... Not suspended, but, you know, have been forced to rest for like a week or so for coming into contact. And... You know, you can kind of see, uh, we'll use Kevin Durant as an example, you know, the Nets start to slide. They start, you know, losing games. They start losing a flow in their offense, you know, having guys like Levert or, um, uh, you know, no, or, oh, no, Dinwiddie's injured. But just Joe having, Harris. Joe Joe, Harris. You know, having, having Joe Harris with a headband trying to pick up the slack. But um, I think that's going to be something to really watch out for for this um, season or half season because, you know, only half of the games are planned at the moment. Um, you know, teams like the Sixers right now and the Celtics, they're running out of guys to play games. And um, I think it'll be very interesting to watch because that can really wreck an NBA team's flow. Like, you know, look at the Celtics right now. They're on a four-game winning streak. But... Uh, you know, if half their roster is currently in isolation due to COVID, so it's, it'll be, you know, something to watch going forward with how this will affect, you know, the parity. Because I think, you know, there's been a whole lot of craziness this NBA season. I think one of the most crazy things is that, you know, the records, this, you know, I would say most teams kind of bounce around for those first couple games. But, you know, with the shortened off season and with all this, you know, COVID protocols going on, 
teams have been very, very close within each other. You know, you can look at like teams like the Wizards or the Pistons, but they've beaten team, you know, the Pistons beat the Celtics, the the Wizards have looked good against the Sixers and other teams they you know, I think most of their failure has kind of fallen on Scott Brooks' hands. But I think they're, you know, with all of this COVID stuff, it's gonna involve a lot more parity in the NBA. I think, you know, you can't really say for certain if, uh, you know, what team teams are going to be coming out of the conferences this year. Yeah, I think it's been a really weird how the the level of parity that we've been at with every team not named the Pistons or the Wizards being, like, possible maybe contenders, like, doing their thing. I don't know. I guess maybe the Timberwolves are also out of that, but... You don't know that about the Wizards. Just saying. I think I... I think I got a good read. They're 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 a surprising mess for how talented. I saw people on freaking NBA Twitter, which I hate. It's the worst place in the world. Um, I love you. NBA Twitter. They, they had. They, I saw plenty of standings that said that the Wizards were a lock for the playoffs. They had them at like a six seed or a five seed. NBA and, Twitter, you're on crack, but like I love you. Um, you know, just just in hindsight, I mean, Bradley Beal just said yesterday they can't guard a parked car, and it's true. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they have the talent, but they're day, day night in and night out, they're garbage. So I, I don't see them even sniffing anything, uh, any close to a 500 record. But that's fine. You know, they can. Uh, the point is, uh, even with them being bad, we got like the Pistons taking out the Celtics and all these weird flip floppy games where no team feels like. A, see, a couple teams are starting to really feel like they have their thing. That, like, even the Sixers. The Sixers felt like they had their team figured out, and then now Seth Curry's out, and then now the rest of the team's out. And it's like, well, there goes that. Like, no one's getting a good feel. The closest, I'd say, is probably the Lakers. They have a good, just because they have the continuity from their title run. Davis was out last game, but they, they have a an identity. Um, the Clippers are pretty close in that, too. But... Generally speaking, it's hard for these teams to find an identity. I'd say the Raptors found an identity. It's just a bad one, but you know we'll get to that. Yeah, their their identity is being bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. But most of the other teams, it's so variable. Look at the Celtics. The Celtics, like as good as we've been playing, we don't have an identity. We have Jalen Brown leading the team one night, Jason Tatum leading it another night. You know, Jeff Teague playing incredibly in our first game, and then garbage the rest. Like it's all, it's Smart's bad. Watch, I guarantee he'll have a good run where he's really good, and then back to bad. Taco's getting minutes. Like everything's just disjointed. So that's fine, but it's it, you know prepare to see that the storyline of the week one week is the Williamses, and then you know the storyline of the next week is is Jalen our best player, and then. It's all over the place. So, and that's because of COVID, and that's because of the weird off season. That's because of the weird travel stuff. Um, I definitely think it's a weird effect that they again they go and they play these back to backs now in towns, and there's sometimes there's a game in between the back to back, which I think back to back should be like, or I'm saying the word back to back as in two games in the same town. These two game series, I'll call them. The, all the two game series should be back to backs because, as far as I understand, you have you during these two-game series, you have to quarantine yourself in, like, a hotel, and that's just dumb. Like They travel in between. Like, the two-game series has been one home game, one away game. Not all of them, right? I I, I thought our Pacers one was both in Indiana. I think, I'm not sure about that. I think both our Pacers... Both of our uh, Pistons games were in Detroit. Yeah, and I, I think both of our Pacers games were in Indiana, and this is what was really dumb about the, the Pacers one, was that 
if I remember correctly, yeah, yeah. So we play the Pacers in Indiana. Then we get a day off to to sit in our hotel and do nothing. Then we play the Pacers in Indiana. Then the next day we have Grizzlies in Boston. That's a back to back. How does that like it makes no sense? You should have the back to back where you're in the same place, no travel. Then have a day to travel. Then to play the Grizzlies. But whatever, uh, you know they're doing the best they can. You they know, won, they won both games, so it's fine. It's true. That's true. Um, but it, it's weird, and I. I like the idea of these back-to-back series. Uh, I don't think that should end when COVID ends because it creates a little bit of a rivalry. You know, can we come back and beat them? The best one this season being the Bucks heat one where the Bucks obliterated the Heat and then the Heat kind of came back and said, hey, you know, remember what we did last year? Uh, yeah. So COVID's weird. Um, definitely. Nothing's going to change until LeBron gets it. That's so true. I could see the whole league getting shut down if LeBron gets it. Like, you know, get... And you're... You're not kidding, and I like it'll if he gets one of these contact tracing like suspensions, like a ten to fourteen day yeah. thing, they'll make a scene about it. Yeah, I mean it's fine if Kevin Durant or Jason Tatum get it, but if LeBron gets it, God forbid, anything touches the King, we have to cancel the whole season. And let's be honest, uh, the NFL they played through, but that's because the NFL doesn't care about their players. So like. And each team has like fifty-three players. You don't really notice when your offensive lineman's missing. Yeah, and yet, and yet, you had one NFL game. It was the Broncos, where all four of their quarterbacks got COVID, so they had to start a ride a running back in the quarterback position, and just didn't have a quarterback all game. So, well, yeah, and Jared Jared Goff's not playing in the playoffs tomorrow, right? Jared Goff. Jared Goff didn't play partially today, but that was broken thumb. Um, oh, okay. But. Yeah, there, there's a lot of different weird... It, the playoffs, it'll be a whole different thing. Uh, I think Pierce was just saying they should go back to a bubble, which, depending on how they can contain things, might make sense just to keep them healthy. Um, they wouldn't want to do it, though. The players wouldn't do it. They, they wouldn't. hated the bubble. <laughs> I know, I know. Then that, But it's but you have to wonder, if it gets crazy, Like, how are you going to keep your team healthy? I know, just to relate back to football... The Packers have a bye week this week, and normally you'd spend the bye week practicing, preparing. Maybe you spend one week resting and then preparing. But Rodgers basically said, see you guys in two weeks. Don't get COVID. Because, like, I think they just wanted to limit exposure as much as possible and keep the team. They'll probably do a few reps here and there, but there's whatever you can do to limit exposure seems to be the key because it's better to have a healthy team than no team. Look at Philly. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because... Then you look at college basketball, and if you scroll down, if you just go to NCAA Division One and you scroll down the games for the day, half of them are played and half of them are canceled. Yeah, yeah, and that's weird because it's up to the program to decide, and they have all these weird things. Speaking of, Max, we had a conversation about how they're giving, they're, they were waiving everyone in the transfer portals, like one-year eligibility wait, whatever. And yeah, thank God, our best player is now playing. Well, I, I remember... I remember thinking, oh, like how's that's gonna be so like only relevant to a few cases, but boom, I didn't even realize one of my favorite players that applies to you, my boy Mac McClung, got got out of Georgetown. He was their leading scorer, headed to Texas Tech. Now he's balling. They waived that weight. Uh, shout out to Mac McClung. Get drafted shout by the out. Celtics, please. I love your dunks. Shout out Jarrell Gates on Holy Cross, a savior. Imagine like Draymond Green, but he. Uh, could like score around the basket that's who this dude is he's in college and he weighs like 250 pounds he's like six 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 seven he's awesome imagine and... michael jordan but he's white that is mac mcclung please come on the podcast you think he's gettable 
Uh, you know, I, I, I won't. Check his Twitter. See if his DMs are open. I will. Okay. That's your homework. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I still don't really understand what the health and safety protocols really are. Um, I also don't see how, you know, like, I don't know how one player... I don't know how Seth Curry could have possibly gotten COVID without anyone else on the team getting it. Like, what stupid thing did Seth Curry do in his free time? That's how I know? felt about Robert Williams. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, these guys should be either by themselves, maybe with their family, and with the team. What else could they possibly be doing? <laughs> like, you know, I don't know how they're getting it. This It's... If you follow the protocols, it's not as easy as you'd think to get COVID. So I don't know what they're, you know, what these guys are doing. That they went for like two weeks and they were fine. They were getting zero tests. And now suddenly they're all popping up. I don't know, man. I don't know how this COVID stuff works. It's wild. Uh, I think that mostly has to do with, um, you know, it being two weeks after you know i feel like you know every time there's like some sort of holiday or a day where the transmission rate's going to be high two weeks afterwards you always see the surge yeah so that's true i that i mean i don't want to lecture anyone on biology but the incubation period's only three to five days so you should get it within that amount of time but that doesn't have to do with basketball so we'll ignore it what was your next topic you my next topic was, it's kind of a weird one, but just the Bucks. Um, the Bucks were the biggest kind of sh- upset, shock. I mean, maybe you could say the Clippers, but I, I, no, I, I'd say it's the Bucks because they got absolutely embarrassed by the Heat in the playoffs. They went to a tumultuous offseason of, can we keep Giannis? What should we do? They hastily overpaid for Drew Holiday. They violated NBA rules to try to get Bogdanovich and then failed. Um but they got Giannis, so it's okay. Panic over, crisis averted. They're suddenly not really in win now mode anymore. Like they're they're in win now mode, but they're not in like crisis win now mode. And this team's confusing me because some days they look like last year's Bucks, where no team can touch them. They're blowing the doors off of them. They also kind of committed to we're gonna play Giannis more. And if you look at the minutes per game, that's just not true. They're still not playing him much. Um, He's actually, his minutes have, so I'll I'll just read you the last couple. His minutes in 2016-17, his first All-Star season, 35 minutes a game, then 36, then 32, then 30 last season, and now he's at 31. So he's nestled between two years ago and last year for minutes per game. Um, The team looks fine, and so less dominant than last year. And since they didn't change the head coach, I don't know what their adaptability is going to be for... The playoffs, guys, wasn't this supposed to be, like, the next, like, big power team, like, a, a year ago? Weren't people saying this was, like, historic, like, Giannis was ascending to the throne? What happened? Yeah, I think I think the team has really bad vibes just because of, you know, things like the Giannis free agency. Uh, Mike Budenholzer still somehow having a job. And, um, yeah, no, I think there's just the disappointing playoff from last year, I think, I think is still hanging over their heads because, you know, you look at that team, you know, you're right. Like they, they won what 60 games in that, like, you know, very shortened season. Uh, 
I, I, which is incredibly impressive. They, they looked like an absolute, you know, you were right, an absolute powerhouse of a team and were expected to just roll their way all the way to the finals. Um, I don't, I think there's just a lot less cohesiveness with this team. I feel like, you know, to your point, like there just doesn't seem to be, you know, a competent game plan for, for, you know, night in and night out. It's like, are we going to play Middleton more? Are we going to play, you know, Giannis more? Like, you know, are we going to, you know, uh, play DiVincenzo because he, he has looked like the Bucks' best player at times. Um, and it's, it's just very, uh, it just feels almost like the, like the Clippers last year where, like, I kind of said this in the beginning, like during the season where it just feels like the team just has bad energy. It feels like a lot of guys are not on the same page. And I don't know if that lies on the coach or, you know, I, I would think that would lie on the coach, but, um, but yeah, it's just it feels like the the vibes are off for this team. This just has a lot of bad vibes. Bucks failed the vibe check. Max, what do you think? Yeah. I don't think I've watched any Bucks this year, somehow. except for that first one. Except for that first one, which the Celtics won, and the Bucks kind of looked like the same team. Anyways, like I don't know, they're weird. I mean, their bench is pretty bad. Um, and you know, I mean, Drew Holiday has he done anything special yet? Has he been this magnificent upgrade over what Eric Bledsoe already was? Like, I don't, I don't know yet. I know Middleton and Giannis are doing their thing, but somehow the outcomes are changing. At this, like, they already have four losses. They didn't get that for a month or two, from what I remember. Last year, they barely lost any games so there's something off about them but i haven't been able to put my finger on it yet yeah I, we it's... can transition that to my one of my topics which was just disappointing teams in mostly the eastern conference in general um highlighted by the toronto raptors can i highlight it by my fantasy basketball team because that too i'm going yeah. to go zero and three it's been a rough run um i regret many decisions including Carl Anthony Towns was out. Now he's back, but I didn't switch him to start in time, and that oh. hurt me. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, it, just generally. I, hey, I got Halliburton. That made me happy, but I'll tell you, it's hard to carry a fantasy team when your starting point guard is uh, DeJounte Murray, and Jonas Valanciunas was the first guy you took off the board, but I digress. Go ahead. Ooh. Auction drafts, baby. Never disappoint. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, the Raptors look genuinely terrible. I don't know, like, Siakam looks like playoff Siakam, which is bad. Van Vliet is fine, but, like, him, him and Lowry, it's like, can your two best players really be two guys that are six feet tall? <laughs> um, it doesn't, doesn't, like, Aaron Baines is not working at all. He looks terrible. He's, you, you know, they thought he was going to be a pretty nice transition from Gasol. And they can't even play him. They've been playing Alex Len. That's how bad Baines has been, is that you have to play Alex Len. Alex Len sucks. So, so, And Norman Powell can't put a ball in a hoop. OG can't hit his threes. Siakam keeps spinning and doing offensive fouls and missing his layups and stuff like that. They're a disaster. Who's the guy they got from the Warriors? Blanking on his name. The, the center? 
they don't have a center from the Warriors. The the guy he was the, who's the center they got this year besides Baines? Alex Len. No, Boucher. Boucher, yes, it Boucher. Boucher was drafted by the Raptors, but yeah. I thought he was with the Warriors for a minute. No. Am I crazy? Okay, me, I'm crazy. But uh, yeah, Boucher's not panning out either. No, he's fine, but he's not. He's not starting for some reason. And some games he's awesome, and some games he just doesn't even play. It's really weird. There's something going on with like Nick Nurse's rotations. Sometimes Terrence Davis has 18 points in like 25 minutes, and the next day he's did not play coach's decision. So you know, there's something freaky going on. Oh, in Toronto and. Ooh. Yeah. Boucher went undrafted but was signed by the Warriors in a two-way contract. Boom. Uh-huh. I'm not crazy. All right. I mean, getting him from the Warriors, I don't know if they got him from there. But anyways. I know. I just, I, I knew there was, I wasn't, I wasn't going crazy. But yeah, so. No so, way. Hugh, is your uh, stock on uh, on uh, Nick Nurse going down at all? Yes. This yes. is pretty I've much sold, the same team as last year. I've sold half my shares. Um, I still think he's really good at playoff matchups that's what i was saying like i i was talking about this over the off season and i'm gonna have to present a better case at another point but i still think there should be like a like a coach and like a play coordinator an in-game play coordinator um for basketball and i think nick nurse is an amazing like coordinator where he's great at throwing different looks to disrupt teams like game in and game out but right now i think he's just trying stuff with the raptors to just get like a like a one lineup that's good and they just don't have one so i think he's kind of frustrated right now i'm sure if they went to a series right now they could counter punch and do all this stuff go six games with pretty much any of the contenders but that's not what they want they want some kind of identity first and they can't find one because they can't run through siakam and they can't run through lowry because that's just not what lowry's there for and hugh can i just interrupt you with a quick shams bomb Oh. oh, yeah, I've seen this too. <laughs> Charlotte rookie LaMelo Ball has become the youngest player in NBA Let's history go. to record a triple-double. Let's go! My boy! rookie Dude, that's rookie of the year material right there. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. A triple-double is rookie of the, of the year material? Nick Batum had a triple-double. LeBron Ball is going to be the rookie of the year. You wait and see. Talk to me in like a couple months if the season's still going. Oh, no. Give it time. But, uh, yeah, who else disappointed you, Max? Um, well, I mean, they were the big one. David, do you know what's going on with the Raptors? Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that team's kind of just lost themselves, you know, ever since. Like, they, they seemed like a scrappy team. Like, that was their identity last year. It was like a scrappy team that, you know, the sum of their parts – could you know work you know work well and they move the ball well they were well coordinated on offense um you know the balding magician was doing a pretty good job coaching the team uh but yeah no i think i think it just comes i think it's just a slow start you know they're definitely missing like guys you know guys with a lot more basketball iq like gasol like ibaka you know baines is not going to give you that he's not you know he's not a passer he's not someone that can you know play a steady amount of defense. Um, so I, I I think the team is just still trying to figure out what its identity is. And I feel like they're trying to go back to, you know, what they usually do, you know, trying to run zones and all that. And I don't think that team is really built for 
you know, the identity of what they had last year. Fair enough. Um, other ones on my list. I mean, the Wizards, I just thought would be better, but because if you look at their roster on paper, they seem really good. But, um, you know, now watching them in person, you pretty much assume that every shot Westbrook takes is going to miss. And just no one can guard anyone. So I guess that one's less surprising. I just had higher hopes. And, I mean, the Heat are three and four. They're not doing great either. Given time, I I had a prediction this year that the Heat were going to finish as the sixth seed in the East, and my reasoning was that they've proven they're a team that likes to prove themselves, and I think going to the finals, they're like they they feel like they've gotten the respect they deserve, so they're not going to play as hard, and they just don't have the talent to coast and also win games. So they're not going to win unless they're playing really hard, and right now I don't think they feel that compelled to play that hard. Yeah, I think also another thing, too, is like people finally got the scouting report on guys like Tyler, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Like, you know, they... they you don't they, watch they, a scouting report, David. You just don't let them shoot threes, and they can't do anything else. Well, <laughs> I mean, ex- exactly. Like, I think... I, but I think, you know, a lot of people took those guys at face value and like, oh, what was this scrub, you know, coming off the bench for? Like, oh, are you going to score 15 points? Oh, that's very cute. And, you know, they saw their production in the finals last year. And, you know, to their credit, they performed really well. But I feel like now, you know, like people just assumed last year, oh, it's just Jimmy Butler and a bunch of scrubs. But, you know, they got Bam. They have, you know, reliable bench pieces. I mean, they're missing Jay Crowder, which I do think is was a big integral part of their offense, especially from the three-point line. But I, I think they, uh, they got the scouting report, and it was just a JPEG of Kyle Korver on the Hawks. And they were like, right. That guy. Yeah. yeah. So. They Got it. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I think they're just guarding guarding the white guys a little bit tighter. And I think, you know, they're, they're just, you know, I think it's just a slow start. This, um, you know, this team also has not had that much rest. Uh, you can, I mean, you could say the same thing about the Lakers, but, um, you know, they had one of the more long, you know, they had a very long playoff season, uh, po- or, sorry, postseason. So, you know, maybe that does play a, play into it a little bit i'm not sure but um I, I i wouldn't be down on the heat for too too long i i see them kind of turning things around me too all right those are the only ones that i really had i mean the nuggets are four and five but i'm confident they're going to turn it around they've lost a lot of close games so um and then yeah and i'll get into the rockets in a little bit now what are you guys' last topic david still got two Oh, you, I thought you did too. What's your um, I second mean, one, David? Well, my second one is that I um, I owe an apology to. Uh, oh, that's right. Thibodeau. <laughs> okay, yeah, we kind of did that. Tom yeah, Thibodeau and sense. his coaching methods. Now, yes. now, Tom, you you did not have a very good tenure um, in Minnesota. Uh, Jimmy Butler, who we were just talking about, you know, seems to think that your your offensive structure, or at least your playing style was a little archaic and maybe, you know, the people on Twitter finally got to you and started playing, you know, you started playing your players a little at reasonable minutes because I think, you know, I think that's, um, you know, that's definitely something that was the main uh, problem with his coaching styles that he would just play his stars for, 
42 minutes. Every, you know, anyone who is under, you know, who was playing for him would be in the top 10 for minutes played that season. So, you know, that was his, I mean, that was his only real criticism, but I guess now he's found a group of guys that can, you know, that have a good amount of endurance that, you know, are scrappy ball players. You guys like Austin Rivers, who is balling out, um, you know, Julius Randle, who we talked about is having a phenomenal year. And I, it's surprising that the Knicks are above 500. I mean, granted, they're only one game above 500, you know, one game above 500. But, um, yeah, no, they are surpassing the expectations that they, you know, have had for the last, what, like 10 years? So, yeah, no, way, way to go, Tom Thibodeau, for, you know, turning things around, especially with such a lack of, you know, roster overhaul. Rivers out there wearing number eight, looking like bargain bin Zach Levine, getting the job done. Yeah. And we talked about Randall already. Uh, The one thing that is funny about this is that they just signed Taj Gibson the other day. And I hope this is their, this, this, this is them devolving back to their their core values. That was definitely concerning. (laughs) Yeah. But I have plenty of Knicks fans in my life and they were not happy about it. So we'll see what Thibodeau does with his old, his old Bulls mates, because God knows he loves playing Taj Gibson. So, Hugh, what's your last one? I want to talk about the play-in tournament. Now, this is how the play-in tournament works from my the best of my understanding. The top six teams from each conference make the playoffs. Now, the seven and the eight seed this year are going to play each other for the seventh seed. And the 9 and the 10 seed are going to play each other for the opportunity to play the loser of the 7 and 8 game. So 7 and 8 play, winner gets the 7 seed. Loser plays the winner of 9 and 10 for the 8 seed. Now, this essentially expands the meaningful basketball playoff thing to 10 teams per conference, which is good and bad. It has, you know, it's good as in, there's higher up problems of like okay but still how many of these games end up being meaningful in the long run and also i don't know there's there's a lot of ways to look at it but it'll matter more when they expand to seattle and there's 32 teams yeah because right now that would mean 20 of the 30 teams make some kind of postseason so essentially the reason the reason it doesn't matter is you get a team like i don't know uh utah who just they're gonna feel pretty safe for the whole year or the Clippers, or things like that. You know, like, there's no drama. It, it adds a little more drama to the low, the worst teams, but no real drama to the best teams. But that could make for some interesting play-in matchups. Uh, we mentioned Charlotte is a good candidate for maybe, like, a 10 seed uh, with their young core. Maybe you see the guards do something crazy. With the volatility that comes with the three-point barrage that now exists in the NBA, you could see Atlanta or Charlotte getting in there, maybe playing a more established team. I'll, I'll put it this way. You look at the East, right? You got Boston, Milwaukee, Miami. I guess Toronto's kind of out of that now. Uh, Indiana, Philadelphia, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, I guess it's six now. If you, put, if you throw Toronto in there, it's seven. It's seven, right? So you have seven. Say maybe the Hawks slip into that eight spot. 
say the Hawks have a great game, hit a million threes, boom, suddenly, uh, you know, one of those sevens on the outside looking in. They got to play the winner of 9-10. Say it's the Hornets. Say Rozier and Ball hit a bunch of threes. Suddenly you're like, I went from the seventh seed out of the playoffs because of this three-point volatility and because it's play-in tournament. It's interesting. It makes you have to earn your spot, whether you think that's good or not. Um, either way, it doesn't matter that much to me because realistically the seven and eight never beat the one and two in the first round anyway so they're kind of dead there but if you but like it makes those teams intriguing in the first place yeah because if you, you don't care about the magic in the playoffs you know against the bucks but you do kind of care about the magic in the playoffs if it's a one and done you know if you liked the timberwolves nuggets game a couple years ago uh to make the playoffs or if you liked the trailblazers little run where they ended up beating the they snatched the eight seed and then beat the grizzlies um then maybe you'll like this some of the the most intriguing matchup to me that i saw would be as if we got spurs warriors because the warriors have looked like contenders again contender playoff contenders that is while before they looked like they might just be out of it and the spurs have been you know they're normal they, they don't look like contenders but they're 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 pop coached and they always bring it in the playoffs they brought it in the bubble last year they always in the last couple of years when they've been like seven or eight seeds they've brought it to that first round that one seed team and i could totally see them disappointing some other higher ranked team um and, it's what and they do they make it boring yeah so that's that's my thing i wanted to talk about what do you guys think of the play-in tournament i think i think it's a good thing uh because you know, to your point, like, you know, if people see, oh, it's, you know, the Bucks playing the Magic, um, you know, or whoever makes the one seed, you know, people are going to tune out of that. Unless but it's I think, game one, also, which the Magic always win. Right, right. Uh, but here's the thing also is, like, as much as, like, the audience tunes out of it, as the NBA fans tune out of it, the players, I would feel like they also tune, tune out of it as well. It's like, all right, we're going up against the best team. You know, this this team is predicted to get to the finals um, you know, they have probably an MVP caliber, you know, pl- like player on their team. It, it would be very easy for them to be, you know, very downtrodden in a series and just let them, you know, roll past. But I feel like, you know, the, the play-in tournament now adds a little level of competition where, you know, if, if let's say, you know, a nine seed, you know, scrappy nine seed beats an eight seed and they make it in and then they start, you know, you know, they start like I feel like that team wants it more and is going to be more competitive with the one seed than the eighteen, the eight seed that you know doesn't really care to be there and is thinking about you know vac- you know vacation in the off season. So I, I think I think this will be not only good for you know watchability, but I think it'll also add more you know more close games, especially in the first round. Can't wait to see those Knicks in the playoffs. I hope the I hope they make the tournament the for sure. Yeah, make sure that they make the playoffs the first time that there can't be anyone in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Call it the wild card, Adam Silver. More people will watch it. What about your last one, Max? My last one is... Well, boys, do you want to fire up the trade machine and talk James Harden? No. Because I do. But No? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I just... Uh, it's where, so... do you think he's gonna go? where do you think he's going to go? Because he's obviously not staying. Yeah, I've heard it for so... Is he... Okay, that's the question first. Um, also, the reason I said no is because this has been beaten to death, and I feel like nobody has any answer. Nobody knows, but... Exactly, which is why we're talking about it. Yeah. Are we sure he's going? 
he has to, right? What, why? I, I don't know. I feel like it's interesting because, um, you know, trades seem to happen when, you know, there, there's, I always feel like most of the time trades seem to happen when people aren't necessarily talking about it and they usually come out of the blue. So who knows, like, what could happen? I feel like other than the Nets, ever any other team kind of doesn't want a star that, you know, has a ginormous contract and is pretty, you know, uh, in the last couple of months has seemed very moody about his, you know, feelings on playing and feelings of showing up to practice. So, um, yeah, no, I feel like there is a good chance that he doesn't get traded this season. You are right. The Nets do love guys with big contracts and attitudes. So Kyrie Irving, I didn't want to play, so I didn't. So he's that going to the one. Celtics. We're getting rid of no, Jalen Brown. Nope. We're upgrading no, at shooting guard. Nope. Not an upgrade either. We he's a he's a he's an MVP. He finishes in the top three in votes every year. Former MVP, just like Russell Westbrook. That's true, but you know Westbrook's not on the trading block, so we got we're stuck with Harden. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Isn't that a sad sentence, huh? <laughs> Uh-huh. I want one of these weird dark horse teams. It would be, it's going to be like Kawhi going to the Raptors, where some team that he probably doesn't want to be on anyways trades for him, and they end up being pretty good. There's a key difference, is that the Raptors gave up very little, and whoever ends up getting Harden is going to have to give up quite a bit. Not if, if Harden keeps being a little baby and throughout the season. His stock is going to go down. Well, what has Harden done during the season to cause problems? I mean, he's he didn't show up to training camp. He didn't go. That did happen, yes. But outside of uh, that... I mean, it's kind of a miracle he hasn't contracted the virus yet. So I'm just waiting for that to happen. I think he's he threw a ball at he threw <laughs> He threw a ball at their rookie uh, in practice. I so. did see that. But I, you, you from, know, just little things like that. From what I've understood, a lot of this has just been typical hardened behavior for a long time. It's just now coming out. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I wonder. It's yeah, I don't know. It's like he thinks he's Dennis Rodman, but he's not. He hasn't even won a ring. And the other thing is, I th- I think he thinks he's a lot better than Dennis Rodman, but well, he, yeah, uh, but he has that attitude. Yeah. The thing with me is, the later the season goes, you're basically trading for him for one season, and I don't know. I I I don't know who gets it done. Who wants that? Who's in a position for that? The Hawks will do it. They're my they're my sleeper team. My sleeper team, or I don't even know if it's a sleeper, but my my team's the Celtics. No, I their don't think going. Their season is going too well for them to do that. I'll go on the record and say I don't think they should, but I think. Danny Ainge has made many phone calls. I don't. I think if they say Jalen Brown or we're not doing it, he hangs up the phone. He's probably trying to throw around Smart and Kemba. And yeah, and the Rockets don't need a point guard, so. Yeah, which I'm less mad about, and I wouldn't, you know, I'd be more accepting of that, but I seriously think that Jalen Brown has much more value right now in the league. I'm, I agree. I'm with we have we have him under contract for a good contract for a long time. I yeah. will uh, go out. Like and you say, shouldn't have to like Tatum and Brown. They've solidified themselves two all stars. You can build around. Cool. They're each signed long term. You shouldn't have to worry about trading them or them leaving. Just let it go. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. why I say the Hawks is because apparently 
John Collins is not re-signing with them. And the, the the word on the street is that he'll probably get traded. And the Hawks have way too many players that should be, you know, that are demanding playing time. So they have the bodies to just throw in a big package where it's just like, hey, we'll give you Collins and like two or three, anyone else on our team other than like Capella and Trey Young, you can have them. And I feel like I would do that. My other pick would be the Nuggets. I think That's they they need another like they don't you know they don't have a they don't have a Jalen Brown unless you really believe in Jamal Murray and Jamal Murray I think is in a much more tradable position than Jalen Brown in terms of he's not he's he's I looks, think you could get Harden without Murray in the deal and you, you just got your team like like the Brooklyn deal type of thing maybe yeah like you do like hey we'll give you Porter Gary Harris Porter Bull Bull. Like, we'll give you all of our young guys. We'll give you RJ Hampton. We just drafted him. You can take him, too. It's a shame like, they couldn't have re-signed uh, the, uh, Grant, and then they really would have been in a good position. Yeah. Well, Gary Harris makes a stupid amount of money. So, you know, they can... And I think you could throw in Millsap, maybe, if, that, if the, you need the money to work. But, I mean, people are really high on Porter, and... Uh, I don't know. He hasn't done enough to warrant it yet, but his market value is so high, you might want to do it in before he could come back down to earth. This is bull bull he hasn't season, really left yet. So this is bull bull season, and you're all just bull bull's losing losing out to playing time to Isaiah Hartenstein. So for now, for now, give him time. Their backup, their backup bigs are Jamichael Green and Hartenstein. So development's coming. Not if they trade him for Harden. And everyone knows how good the Rockets are at developing young talent. So that was my big one as well. And Dave's all set, right? Or no, you had your last year. Didn't you want to talk uh, Celtics? Oh, oh yeah. No, that's right. Um, well, I mean, I think a lot of the points I was going to talk about have been pretty much covered. I think, you know, uh, they look like, I mean, obviously, totally unbiased opinion here. But uh, they definitely look like the you know, at least a front runner for teams that will be, you know, that will be leading the Eastern Conference, maybe even coming out of it in the postseason. But um, yeah, no, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, that dynamic duo has worked. They've like, you know, they're setting records. I think they're like one of three pair of teammates that have scored 250 points in the first 10 games. Like, you know, the only others being Shaq and Kobe and Curry and Durant. Yeah, no, it's, it's really fun to watch this team. And I feel like, you know, even last year, I felt like there was, you know, there was sometimes like a cloud that would hang over this team, especially, you know, on some games. I feel like, you know, guys like Peyton Pritchard, Jeff Teague, Tristan Thompson, you know, they've kind of reestablished the identity of like what an Isaiah Thomas-led Celtics team looks like. You know, I feel like, you know, uh, Kemba's obviously leading from the set, sidelines. And, you know, he was, I think, you know, his leadership was very understated last year, but I feel like all around we're just playing at such a high level. It's really got me optimistic for the future. I mentioned how I think we might end up trading for Harden, but I think I also look back to when we were in the Davis conversation and when it was when we were talking about will Kyrie stay, will Kyrie leave, what's going on. And in 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 the Davis conversation was talks about trading Tatum. And that season was our most disappointing season in the last five ten years 
And I think a big reason for that is the team wasn't able to buy in and believe in each other and build something with each other because they were all afraid they were going to move or leave. It's the same effect that LeBron's first season with LA had where, you know, that ended up happening. LaMelo and, not LaMelo, Lonzo and Josh Hart and Ingram all got shipped off. So there is definitely an opportunity here to build trust and to build a core and to know whatever we do this season to develop chemistry and things like that, it's actually going to build. It's going to matter next season. It's going to stack on top of each other, like the old Celtics teams of, you know, Bird and McHale and Parrish, like Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce got more and more comfortable with each other and Ray Allen as they played. And that, yeah. that's important. And that's rare in this kind of NBA, in this new, weird, jumping around, moving thing. You don't get a bunch of guys who can slowly learn, develop... Not individually, which they are developing individually, but develop as a team, add layers to their game. Yeah, you've only had one season of Kemba Walker, too, who people forget was all-star starter multiple years in a row, you know? And all like, three Eastern of those... conference guard. So, like, you know, the longer you keep them together, this doesn't seem like the team that would get worse. Correct if me if I'm wrong, but we definitely have all three of them, Kemba, Brown, and Tatum, this year, next year, and the new year after that. Yeah, depending on how long Kemba's deal is. His is either another two or three years. I believe it's two after this. So that's three even years. By that, like, he'll be in his mid-30s, so he might not be as valuable by then. And then you have Tatum and Brown, and you could, and Kemba's more expendable. But Yeah, I'm just saying. Right now, he's still very much... Kemba. It's time to develop. It's time time to develop a chemistry and lots of different uh, offensive systems that they can you know work with. Yeah, and, you know, and I feel like if Danny Ainge didn't trade for like like he always kind of held off on other than the Kyrie trade, he always really held off on going for the stars. They're just like, oh, you should trade all your picks and stuff for Jimmy Butler, or oh, you should go trade Brown or Tatum for Anthony Davis. If he hasn't done it for those guys, I don't think he would do it for Harden now. I'd so. I'll say though, uh, just on that note, he always has had an eye for the biggest stars. He put, laid out the red carpet for Kevin Durant, really trying to get him to sign. And I believe they said he, Celtics were number two after Golden State. That was, yeah. that was so. And then after that, um, yeah, he trades for Kyrie. And then the Davis thing, it, you know. The only thing we had to give up was Tatum, so it's hard to give up Tatum. So I think that was I think he wanted Davis really badly. But the Tatum's other... even worth more now than he was back then. And if he didn't do it back then, there's no way he's doing it now. Well, yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think from the beginning, Tatum's untouchable. The other thing is Davis made it. Cl the Celtics were never on Davis's list. He always talked about his list where. He even expanded it, but the Celtics were never on it, so we knew that he might be a one-and-done guy. Probably would have been a one-and-done guy. So if in an alternate universe, if Davis isn't a one-and-done guy, maybe we see Tatum move. We don't know. I just, I'm not willing to go out and say Danny will stay put and not pursue these big superstars. I, I haven't seen that. Maybe, for all we know, he's sitting there and he thinks Harden's would be a, you know, a cancer to this culture, and he's out just off that. But we, I, I don't know, and I'm not willing to count I, I that out. He'd be scared by what happened with Kyrie. Maybe, yeah. I I don't know. Hey guys, by the way, uh, with the Pacers now losing to the Suns, um, the 
Sixers, Suns, Lakers, and Celtics are all now tied for the best record in the NBA through 10 games. Wonderful. Good team, Boston Celtics. Good Without team. Kemba Walker. Good team, Indiana Pacers. Clearly not better than the Suns. Suns are cool. Um, Chris Paul, man, gotta, you know, he just does his he, thing. He's a winner. He's a winner. Well, well. Can you say he's a winner though when they never win in the playoffs? Like to a certain extent, he he is yeah. a winner of games, but like give and take on how important the games are. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the other thing with Danny is he's the guy that went out and got us Kevin Garnett. Like that guy has an eye for. But that was when you had nothing. He gave up freaking Gerald Green and Al Jefferson for him. Like yeah. we make trades when we have a bunch of nothings, and then we trade them versus. You d- he hasn't really traded a big something for another big something. He usually does he does it in aggregate. He yeah. builds up a bunch of pieces and trades four for one. Yeah, he doesn't trade one for one. Even Isaiah Thomas had a very definite ceiling. Like and the, he ceiling. was injured when they traded him. They knew what was going to happen to him. Yeah, that was cruel. That was really funny because apparently the Celtics were the only team in the league that knew the extent of Isaiah's hip problem, and the Cavs were just like, oh, we'll take him. And then, you know, now he's not in the league. Poor guy. Sad. Let's wait. Let's uh, wave Tremont Waters and re sign Isaiah. I'm, di- I'm game. Yeah, Water. one of Waters or, or um, God, Carson Edwards. Yeah, I was thinking, I was about to go and say Thigh Man. Uh, yeah, no, both of them, you know, speaking of Celtics have, you know, they're, they're what, um, they're what we thought what they were going to be, what, what Peyton Pritchard is, you know, I I never thought Waters was, but yeah, I get a state of the Celtics question. Do we miss Wanamaker yet? No, no. Okay. Fair enough. I think, I think, I think think Pritchard's already done more for the Celtics than Wanamaker really. Yeah. Teague, Teague will be a solid replacement. He hasn't played well since the Bucks game, but, um, I think, you know, he'll, he'll yeah, all-star he'll get out of it. Like other than, other than the fact that Wanamaker would like, would just be absolutely automatic from the three point line and from free throw range. Like he didn't really have too much of a driving game. It was mostly just transition and wide open threes. So I'll put you guys on the record. Miss Cantor, don't miss Wanamaker. Don't miss Cantor either. <laughs> don't miss Cantor. No, oh my God. Tristan Thompson's such an upgrade. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you watched any of the Trailblazers yet? When they play Cantor and Carmelo at the same time, they're just like ushers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really funny. And it's like a known fact. It's just like, oh, Carmelo and Cantor are on the floor at the same time. Time to put up 30 points. I, I th- Yeah, I think overall. And what did um, when Pritchard had like um, twenty? What did he have? Twenty three, twenty six. One of these games. That's like Brad Wanamaker's never scored more than twenty. Yeah, I mean, I'm comparing him to Teague myself, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Teague had that, you know. I I mean, he had a great opener, and then he got injured, and now he's gonna try to make his way back. He hasn't looked good yet, but I still believe in him. He's been good for long enough that i think he'll get it together daniel tice is going to be off this team pretty soon i think though wow that's bold when everyone's healthy when they have thompson and robert williams they don't need him he has he's had a handful of games where he played in the teens for minutes yeah we'll we'll have to wait and see but i i could see that it's sad but i could see i mean the same way we phased baines out you know 
It, yeah, he, it's just, he served his purpose, and then we didn't need him anymore. So, yeah, you you replace or upgrade, and then you trade him for something else. Or I don't right. know. Well, I think we've exhausted all of our topics, and yeah, we have. We have a comment over here on the stream. I gotta Ooh. go. Uh, become famous by followers, primes, and viewers at oh. bigfollows.com. What? So, if you, if you guys want to go get famous, we can click on this. Uh, definitely not a virus link. Guys, guys, how did you? How did we not think of that already? How did we? Like, like we've been trying to get. Followers. We've been trying to get followers for so long. Like, gosh, wow, we really missed that. Thanks. This Why guy Logan knows his 2000 audience. or twenty thousand thirty six. He's just trying to help us out. Right, we appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate the help. Yeah, so we'll go click on that and buy our followers. All right. Well, this has been the Pass First podcast with Hugh, Max, and David. If you want to check us out or if you want to watch us live, you can watch us on twitch.tv slash Podcast, And be sure to follow us at Pod to hear our takes. We're up on YouTube at Pass First if you want to uh, watch our video on demand uploads. And then you can check us out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to hear the podcast after it goes live, which is probably how you're listening right now. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about, you know, the next things happening in the NBA. And uh, everyone, you know, stay safe. Take care. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.